What's up? What's up? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How are we doing? Happy Saturday to one, to all. This is now the second time you get to see my pretty face on the BTV stuff today, or it's the second time you're listening to my beautiful voice on the BTV podcast. Now, I am joined by the one, the only DFS Bachelor. What's up, bro? What's up, brother? Hey, I'm happy to be doing Look, so UFC is usually like my own little private thing that I do just for my own sanity. Something I don't really do shows about very often, but I cover it very, very closely. I love betting it. Friends and family will be over. We have big parties for these events. I'm excited to be doing this. And hey, I'm excited to be doing this with my stepson, Mr. Leo Kukakis. I was actually going to get to that part. I know I didn't say that we were going to start off by talking UFC. And I was going to transition into um, the reason they put the two of us together is because, you know, it's a perfect little perfect little matchup. Just put mm -hmm. us in the ring together. Let's see what happens here. Well, you know, people actually think we hate each other, but we don't. I actually love you, Leo. We talk all the time. It's not like uh, it's not like that. So we don't necessarily hate each other, but I love giving you shit. And you're a little dorky with the intro, so I'm going to make fun of you there. Thank you very much. And uh, every time you mess up, I'm going to give you shit. That's what we do here. It's kind of funny, dude, because even my girlfriend, she like thinks that we hate each other. And I, like yeah. we just talked last night. We were talking <laughs> yeah. about one of the props, and she's like, Who the fuck are you talking to? I was like, Oh, I was talking to Kyle about a prop. I thought you two hate each other. Man. No, we're good. No, we don't we're hate good. each other. Well, I, I like your girlfriend way more than I like you. So I'm, you know, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Totally can't blame you, bro. But we're gonna <laughs> go through all the fights here. We're gonna go through the prelims, and then I can't wait to talk about the main card, especially right. the main event. I just got done watching the press conferences. I'm yep. fucking ready to go. I'm fired up. So we're going to give you as many picks as we got here. We got a decent amount of picks. I know you got a big team, five-team parlay. I got picks mm -hmm. in nine of these. Um, and I have leans on other ones, you know, some over-unders, fights to go the distance, how you're going to bet things if you're looking for some value. So we have notes on every fight. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, we got you guys. Uh, so yep. let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. We're going to start off with Dust Obi versus Michael. I'm not even going to – to pronounce Ole it's Shuck. It's Ole It's actually a good striker. You want me to just jump right in here? The problem with Michael Ole okay. he's a boxer only. Four of his last five fights has not thrown a single leg kick. The dude will not throw a leg kick. So what he wants to do is pressure you and come in and box, that sort of thing. Dustin Jacoby, weak chin, decent cardio, but he is going to kick. He's a coward. Now, I hate leg kicks in UFC more than anything. The foot stomp and the leg kicks are two things that I wish they would get rid of the calf kick. I absolutely fucking hate it. But Dustin Jacoby is going to use that. This is one of those where this fight is most likely going the distance unless Ola Jacek knocks him out. Justin Jacoby is not knocking out Michael Ola Jacek. It's not going to happen. Plain and simple. He's going to try to stay on the outside. He's going to try to pepper him with calf kicks, keep this fight at range, and have more output. The problem is, does he have the cardio to do that? Eh, we'll see. In his last fight, Jacoby landed 34 leg kicks. That's what he's going to do. Ola Jacek, again, doesn't kick. He's going to pressure box. So the way Ola Jacek wins is backing him up, shortening that distance in between the two fighters and using his boxing while Jacoby's going to try to keep it at range. I like this fight to go. The, if I'm betting this fight, I'm not taking a side. If I'm betting Ola Jacek, I'm betting it inside the distance by knockout. If I'm betting Jacoby, I'm betting it by decision, and again, you're leaving this up to UFC judges who are complete and utter fucking morons. We saw the Jean Wei Kim, uh, Priscilla catch a beating fight lap where I mean, Jean Wei <laughs> outlanded her almost three to one, and they somehow some fucking idiot judge gave that fight to Priscilla Cachoeira. Catch a beating is what we call her because that bitch just yeah. takes a beating every time she fucking fights. 
but this fight to go the distance, I'm trying to look here uh, to go the distance plus 115. I think that's a smart bet here because I don't see either. I'm not certain either one of these guys. The only one of these two fighters who can knock the other one out is Olajechuk over Jacoby. I expect this to go the distance. Yes, plus 115 makes a lot of sense. I don't hate that play at all, but I'm actually going on Olajechuk here. The only time this dude loses is whenever he gets submitted. And we just talked about the fact that Jacoby's not bringing him to the ground. No, And I know you hate the leg kicks, and I'm not necessarily a huge fan of them, but I think they're one of the smartest strategies around. I mean, how many times do we see a really good fighter just get kicked too many times in the cat? It's one of those things that there's only so many times you can get kicked there without it really starting to affect your performance. I will tell you this. The last bar fight I ever got in was in Oceanside, California. It was with a fucking Marine. He tried a leg kick. He got his teeth knocked in, and I got sued by the U.S. government for breaking his jaw. You're a pussy if you try to kick someone in the leg every time. Kick me in the leg. I'm going to knock your teeth out. I hope Olajechuk does that to Dustin Jacoby. I'm, I'm rooting for that. I like Olajechuk more as a fighter. I think Dustin Jacoby is a coward. I think the leg kick is a coward move. But, hey, we live in America, and we're a coward country. We can see it right now in with the uh, issues in Ukraine. Let's dive into the backdoor cover. I was about to say, perfect plug right there. Make sure you guys check out the backdoor cover. It's going to be seven, uh, Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern time. And, hey, uh, you guys got a special guest on this week, huh? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, one of my new best friends, and I and I love the man. I'm not going to spoil it. We'll uh, promote that over the weekend. But we do have a special guest. You're going to want to make sure you tune in. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't think he's going to agree with your take about America, though. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> For some reason, you're probably. I think you're probably right, but that's fine. We'll deal. We'll deal with it. We're a team. We're a team. We're a united team. We're the new mega powers. So we'll deal with that. You know. You know. There's going to be uh, disagreements among teams, but if you're a real team, you come together, you figure it out, and you get it done. Uh, one day, I'll figure that out in my personal life as well. <laughs> we also dive uh dive into his personal life on the backdoor cover as well that's right sometimes that's get right. special impromptu guests as well so who knows we might get some of that on sunday too absolutely <laughs> all right let's keep things rolling here this is a fight i had nothing in like oh. this is one of the very very few fights i just couldn't find an edge i couldn't care less Devonte smith uh ludovic klein I, I got nothing here what are you taking okay so ludovic klein's coming in on short notice so this is going to be at a little bit of a catch weight here. Both these guys are explosive strikers. Ludovic Klein's not going to have the cardio on short notice. Devontae Smith has never shown any cardio. What Devontae Smith does have is quick, explosive, precise striking. But he has no cardio. So the problem is, is basically, I like the under in this fight. Uh, let me see the updated odds. Because the one interesting thing about UFC is the lines move so much and live bet. We're going to talk about live betting, especially when we get to the Cowboy Oliveira fight, Kevin Holland fight. We're going to talk about live betting it. But if I'm just looking at the live odds here, let me find this fight. They have it in such a weird... got Smith at minus 150 and uh, Klein at plus 120. Courtesy of the over over under is one and a half rounds, I believe. That's what I'm looking for because I like the under here. I, I think this gets done early. Both these guys are powerful strikers. I would lean Devontae Smith minus 155. I do think there's value on Ludovic Klein at plus 135. These guys are going to be throwing hard early, but both these guys have about seven minutes of cardio max. So this, if this is not done early, you're going to see a really sloppy second half of the fight. Yep. And uh, this is where I would live bet in the third round, see which guy is more gassed. Neither one of these guys has any ground game to speak of. 
I lean Devontae Smith based on the short notice of Ludovic Klein. I don't love the number for Devontae Smith at minus 155. He is the cleaner, more explosive striker, but Ludovic Klein has the power to knock him out as well. This fight should end. This is this has a chance to be fight of the night, and if you're playing DFS and you're looking for a first-round knockout, this fight has that written all over, and I would have exposure to both sides. There you go. This next fight, though, probably one of my favorite bets on the card. Oh, you got- no. Oh, no. Oh, I love this bet. I, I hate this. both these fighters so much. I oh. despise both fighters. However, you can't let that deter you from finding betting value here. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of betting value here on Tagir to win this thing by decision. You have Tim mm-hmm. Allen, who's seven of his last 11 fights have gone to decision. And uh, Tagir's last couple have gone to decision as well. I think Tagir is the better fighter. I think this is kind of primed up for him to win. Um, and more importantly, I like taking the submission guys to win by decision because usually like if you get to the third round and like they've kind of they kind of have control of the fight they can become complacent just laying on top making sure that they're safe and you can kind of cruise to an easy decision win so usually whenever i get a submission artist that isn't like elite elite i tend to lean a little bit toward the decision so i'm all over to gear here plus 125 at decision i think it's a phenomenal bet here's the problem with tajir He has all of the pedigree. He has the training. He has the gym. But he's not that impressive. He's 30 years old. His striking is mediocre at best. He's going to need to chain wrestle. Now, when you look at Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott's an awkward guy. He does have some cardio issues. But if you think you're going to lay on top of Tim Elliott and just grind the fight out, that's not going to happen. He's a very awkward striker. This is actually, if you're looking to do a little sprinkle on a dog, Tim Elliott at plus 205 makes a ton of sense. This has an upset written all over it. I'm telling you right now, I can't stand Tim Elliott. He's an awkward fighter. He's going to strike from weird angles, but he is also a chain wrestler. Tajir, when he he has great tech uh, takedown technique, but he's really bad at controlling the top. He's not able to sh- to transition, get into position, get top control. When you watch it, when you watch his recent fights. He can get the guys down, but he only keeps them down 10, 15 seconds max. He doesn't get in posture. You won't see a lot of ground and pound out of Tajir. Tim Elliott is going to be very awkward. He's going to make him work for it. This is it. For me, it's a dogger pass. I don't think the price is – Tajir, this is more of a 50-50 fight than they're giving the price. Minus 255 is way too big of a number for me yep. for Tajir. Tim Elliott can, is basically – we're talking about just a more awkward, similar fighter. Tim Elliott wins this fight closer to 50% of the time. The line right now is saying that Tajir would win this fight 75, 80% of the time. I don't see that happening. So if you want to do a sprinkle on a dog or add some juice to a parlay, it's a dog or pass for me. Uh, Tajir just doesn't have enough top game for me. I think Tim Elliott gets right back up. And there you go. (laughs) Some people say, well, some people say I have top game, but they might be lying. You never know. Yeah. And where's Mantis when you need him right now? That's right. That's right. We need some OB topping. <laughs> some OB topping. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with the minus 250. I know it's too big of a line. That's kind of why I tried to get fancy on this. I don't think he's going to finish Tim Elliott, but I just think he's going to win just enough. I think this is one of those fights he's going to win two of the three rounds, and getting that plus money is enough to convince me to bet it. Fight to go the distance is minus 160. That tells you everything you need to know. These are two awkward, greasy guys. They're not great finishers. Neither one have great top control. You're going to be, if you're betting either side here, you're going to be sweating it. Could see a split decision here. Fight to go the distance if you add it as a parlay piece. Makes a lot of sense. If you want to sprinkle the plus 205 on Tim Elliott, I'm just telling you, this this fight should be closer to a plus 145, 
minus 125 type of fight. Yeah. This number is wrong. Tajir does not have the top game nor the striking to be favored this heavily against Tim Elliott. Fair enough. Uh, next one is probably going to be a fairly boring fight. Uh, this is probably mm-hmm. the biggest – this is the biggest favorite on the mm-hmm. entire card. Mm-hmm. Um, you find any type of way to bet this one? Yeah. Well, first of all, I added um, Cousin Umar. This is Khabib's cousin, Umar Namagomedov. <laughs> and this dude's an absolute fucking beast. Let me tell you something about Umar Namagomedov. He has outstanding explosive striking, spin kicks, wheel kicks, boxing, precise, straight. His ground game is right on par with Khabib. I know everyone talks about Islam Makachev. Kazmachmaev being the next Khabib. Umar is a future champion. Mark my words, this dude will be a champion. He's a tremendous striker. He is tremendous on the ground. Now, Brian Kelleher, there's one path and one path only for Brian Kelleher. And I love Brian Kelleher, and he's low-key been really, really good at cashing tickets lately as, as an underdog as well. But there's one path to If you're betting Brian Kelleher, if you're like, I do not believe in Cousin Umar, which means you are not watching the UFC and you have no fucking idea what you're talking about, <laughs> this dude is an absolute fucking stud. You can see it written all over him. Brian Kelleher's one and only path to victory is the guillotine choke. That's what he does. Brian Keller has a fantastic guillotine. Can he get it on Umar? No, he can't. But if you're going to bet Brian Kelleher, he's not winning by decision. He's not winning by knockout. He is winning by guillotine choke only. So you bet him. I don't have the number in front of me betting him by submission, but I bet plus it's 1600 plus 1600. So if you insist that Brian Kelleher is somehow going to knock out cousin Umar, Brian Kelleher by submission. Other than that, Umar Namagomedov should absolutely dominate this fight. I like it inside the distance as well. You get a bit better of a price there. Umar is an absolute stud future champion. Mark my words. I agree with everything that you said. I don't think Kelleher has any type of chance. That is his one way of actually winning this fight. This is one of these fights that I keep going back and forth. I think it's going to be finished inside the distance. Um, Cousin Umar to win by submission is plus 170 right now. I feel like that's a decent enough price. You could. But it's it's him to win by KO or TKO that just keeps me there. And, like, I really want it. Let me ask you a question. What numbers it have to be for you to bet Cousin Umar to win by KO? Uh... I mean, anything under a minus 150. Because, look, look, I would put a sprinkle on both of those. He's got plus so 500. many paths. Plus 500 to win by knockout. Sensational. You got to remember, Khabib's going to be in his corner, right? Mm-hmm. Khabib's his idol. This is, I am telling you, I know a lot of people have not heard about Umar Namagomedov, especially if you're a casual fight fan. This yeah. dude is an absolute fucking monster. I'm not afraid of many people. Cousin Umar in the bar, a little like 145 pounder, I'd be like, no thank you. I will pass. This dude has skills striking on the ground. His submissions, he is well-rounded. He's as well-rounded as Khabib was at this time in his career. He will be a future champion. I don't mind a sprinkle on submission. I don't mind a sprinkle on knockout. And again, if you insist on betting Brian Kelleher, it's by submission. It will be by guillotine cheek choke only. That is his absolute only shot. And Cousin Umar is going to have to make a big mistake for that to happen. Yeah, I just can't imagine him making the mistake. Like I said, I think if yeah. you can dabble on one of those two, you have to dabble just a smidge on that plus 500. If it's going to be a ground and pound, because I agree with you, his his striking game is very, very underrated, especially mm-hmm. the ground and pound. Sure is. because Numar win this thing by KO. Just add it as a parlay piece. That's what I did. Look, you can add some favorites. Get, throw it on. Here's the last piece of my parlay. It took it from plus 190 to plus 301, five legs. 
Cousin Umar is winning this fight. I will be absolute. This is not going to be Shanna Dobson versus our next fight. Little transition here. It's a pro move. Maria Agapova, who's a crazy bitch. So we'll just transition right into this. So let's talk about Maria Agapova, right? So Maria Agapova been arrested three times. She was arrested last time while working out in the gym, drug problems. Uh, she routinely, I don't know if you've watched any of her fights, throws up gang signs at the end of her fights. She was a, Shayna Dobson was a, she was a minus 1400 favorite over Shayna Dobson in her last fight. Shayna Dobson ends up beating her. So if Maria Agapova is engaged, Maria, by the way, sneaky hot, one of those sneaky hot UFC girls, like for real, like. And actually, both these girls are Marina Moroz is as well. It's, so it's funny you just said that about Agapova because as you were describing her, the first thought I had was like future Mrs. Provence. Yeah, it could be a future Mrs. Provence. You know, I like those crazy <laughs> girls. This girl is real fucking crazy though. Like this is like a different level. Like gang signs, hard drugs, selling drugs. A little bit of a wild card here. Super talented. I don't know if the minus one ninety price is enough for me. I do think this fight goes to the goes the distance. I do like that. Uh, Marina Moroz is a very tough girl as well. These are two pretty girls for all those uh, you know dorks that like to go jerk off in the bathroom. This is going to be one of their uh, favorite fights of the night. The problem for me is I've seen Agapova as a much bigger favorite shit the bed, and I just can't trust her. I want fighters that fight for my dollar. I don't want fighters with all these mental issues going out there. One thing about fighting is. Everyone says, oh, I get so mad, I black out, and I don't know what I do. Well, that means you got knocked out, idiot, because yeah. <laughs> when you get in a fight with somebody, it's about being calm, cool, collected, and seeing the next thing that happens. It's not about being in a rage and losing your composure. Maria Agapova tends to lose her composure. I do think Marina Moroz is a live underdog at plus 160. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. I think this thing's going the distance. Uh, I'm, I don't want to take either side. It's all striking. Like, You'll see zero takedowns in this fight. Zero. This is one of those fights where you're going to need to sweat it out. Kind of like the fight that you referred to earlier with uh, Kim and Ketchabiti. Kim and, and, and Priscilla Ketchabiti, yeah. I had that to go the distance and do what a sweat because those two yep. were just kicking the loving shit out of each other and just neither was backing down. This is going to be a similar kind of fight. However, uh, Marina... Uh, Marina Moroz, seven of her last fights have gone to decision. I have no reason to believe that it's not going to decision again. Uh, Keep an eye on the whole. She was part of the Ukrainian boxing team. Marina Moroz was. You're seeing a lot of these idiots. Even Brian Kelleher said, I'm going to bring the Ukrainian flag to the ring. Like, shut the fuck up. Don't bring your political bullshit in with all this nonsense. You know, we don't care. We're trying to tune into this to get away from Fox News and CNN. Yeah. But there might be a little bit of emotion here with Marina Moroz, too. Uh, if for some reason Agapova does have a better ground game than Moroz does, both are very, very limited. But I find it very unlikely that she'll submit. There's going to be some, you know, fighting and the NBA are the two sports, I will say, where the psychology really comes into it. Yeah. Marina Moroz, she's going to have some of that. I, I don't want to overblow it too much, but uh, just sort of keep an eye on that. Agapova is a wild card. If she's engaged and has trained for this fight and has actually been minding her P's and Q's, she can kill it. But if she's been doing dope, getting high, getting drunk, she's going to get her ass kicked again. This is one of those where you just don't know what the fuck she's been up to. You like just you don't. Said, she's a fucking time. crazy person. I swear to God, she's an absolute psychopath, which she makes her a little bit hotter to me. But you know, what I, you know what I mean? We know. We know. It's just a matter of time. Next year's March Madness trip to Vegas, you'll be getting married to her. It's okay. Yeah, I'll be your best man. God, that would be absolute. That, that would mean I have been making better life choices.
<laughs> Clearly, his headphones are in. <laughs> yes, they're in. 100%. Oh, man. Next fight. Um, yeah, these guys are kind of crazy, too. You got Kennedy. I, and Jack versus Nick Negumaranu. I've been practicing on this. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Uh, I'm usually the pronunciation guys, but some of these are just – they're way too good even for me. Like, I don't even By wanna... the way, did you know you sound just like Raheem Brazimov from last week's uh, fight card? Did you watch last week's fight card? Your voice uh, and, and Brazimov, exactly the same. I thought I was listening to Leo Kukaka's talk. It was absolutely phenomenal. Hey, Dana, I guarantee I'm cheaper. <laughs> You're definitely cheaper. We know that. I might be that. a little funnier too. Depends who you ask. We know that <laughs> This fight, I had absolutely nothing here. Like, mm -hmm. this is one of those fights. This is my go-get-a-snack one. I'm not putting any type of money on this one. I have a lot invested later on in this card. So, you know, you got to kind of pick your spots, too. Like, mm -hmm. when we do these shows, we like to give picks out for every fight. Like, we do this on pitches and pints, too. But you can't bet every fight. Because right. if you go bad early in the prelims, you hate yourself later on in the card. This right. is one of those you got to stay disciplined. I'm staying the hell away from it. Um, you have something on it, though. Uh, well, I mean, my last sentence is this fight is a complete stay away from me. So that, yeah. it, it, but I will say this, it probably goes a distance. So Namagar, God damn it. Namagar, <laughs> Nick Namagaranu is, he was a Ukrainian wrestler or a Croatian wrestler, excuse me, on the Croatian wrestling team. He was yeah. billed as this great wrestler. But if you watch the fight tape, not a great wrestler. Doesn't have great top control. Doesn't have great. Uh, he doesn't change levels well. It's very obvious when he's taken down. So, so you can sprawl him. When you look at Kennedy and Jekyll, he's got an 83 inch reach, which is a huge reach advantage. So this is going to be a tale of two tapes. You have a mediocre wrestler who's going to try to get this fight to the ground. You have Kennedy and Jekyll who's going to try to use that reach advantage, keep this fight at distance, and pick him apart. So if I'm taking in Jekyll, I'm taking him by decision to get a better price, even though it's minus 150. It's not all that bad. I'm taking Negamaranu. I'm taking him inside the distance. He's going to get him on the ground and ground and pound him. We saw Kennedy get knocked out in his last fight, which is a little concerning. He had never been knocked out before. But that Negamaranu, not a great striker, low output striker. I mean, we're talking less than 20 significant strikes in a couple of fights. This is not a high output guy on, on the feet. He wants to get it to the ground. But when he gets up against these higher level competition guys in the UFC, he's just unable to get the fight to the ground. I do think it's, I have a slight lean here to Kennedy. I do think the fight goes a distance and I'm going to take Kennedy by decision, which I know you get a better price on. Yep. And you know what? I actually have a pretty similar strategy in the next fight as well. Marina Rodriguez against yep. Another name I can't pronounce that ends in Jan. Uh, Jan is a fighter that is not going to go down. Like, you are not going to take her down inside the distance. Uh, she is one of the toughest fighters I've seen. Marina Rodriguez, she's the favorite for a reason, though. Um, this is one I don't overcomplicate it. You have a really good-sized favorite, Marina Rodriguez, and the fight to go the distance is minus 250. Don't get fancy. Take uh, Marina Rodriguez here by decision at minus 125. You're going to get yep. really good value right there. Seven of her last eight fights have gone the distance, and Jan's last six have gone to decision. I think Marina Rodriguez's technical ability is going to win her this fight, and it's going to be by decision. 
we can hear the jets flying over so the united states is getting trained to continue to be pussies in ukraine but uh as we go on here you're right jan's only chance to win this fight is to get it to the ground marina rodriguez is a world-class striker especially in the female division you will not watch a fight that was a striking battle that she has lost she is a tremendous striker i love the call her to win by decision the problem is keep an eye on it this could be the one that shits and you're perfectly baked cake you know you bake a cake you put it in the oven you have to even put a little vanilla yogurt in there it's going to be delicious and then someone comes along and takes a big giant shit in the middle of it it could be the ufc judges in this fight because we saw it last week with jaywon kim and catch a beating where i mean the striking it was 221 to 71 and two judges still found a way to give it to catch a beating you're going to see it very similar here. If you, uh, one sneaky one I want to talk about, and I don't know the number, I don't have it in front of me. Marina by knockout. Marina is a world class striker, significantly better than Yao, uh, than Jan. I, I Marina wins this fight. I have her as on my money on the money line in my five pick parlay. Uh, Marina wins this fight, and she does it striking. If the fight goes to the ground, big advantage for Jan, but I just I'm just not sure she can get her there. I think Marina picks her apart on the feet and wins this fight by decision. Marina by knockout, by the way, is sitting at plus 300. See, I like a little sprinkle on that. I think that makes a lot of sense. She could knock her out. She's a so I'm telling you right now, Jan's not knocking Marina out. If this fight yep. ends in knockout, it's Marina or nothing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, I don't know. Jan is just such a tough fighter. Like, she's one of those fighters that's gonna take a freaking beating. And the only way it's gonna be a TKO is if the doctor throws in the towel and says, Yeah, no mess, bro. No, yeah, uh, a slice over. I'm telling you, Marina can throw. Get that cut over the eye. You possibly get that. I'm just saying, maybe a sprinkle there. I wouldn't jump to that. I think Marina wins this fight. Make it a money line parlay piece or Marina by decision. I don't see either. I, I really don't see either girl being finished inside the distance. But if it was finished inside the distance, it would be Marina or nothing. Speaking of slices on the nose, did you happen to catch last week's card? Oh, my God. That was so terrible. I, I well I Alvarez so, so, that ref needs to be fired immediately. It's uh it's brutal. And what's funny about it is then you saw later in the card how Herb Dean sort of called the fight kind of early on Bobby Green. Herb yeah. Dean's well known for letting people almost get killed in the ring before he stops the fight. Remember uh Brock Lesnar and Shane Carwin? He'll let a guy die in there, but all of a sudden, fucking Herb Dean, the dude who will let an asshole die in the ring, this fucking moronic piece of shit, Herb Dean. <laughs> calls the fight that early i like i know herb dean's a big monster but i just want to bitch slap him in the face he fucking pisses me off now one problem i had with that fight did you notice how content bobby green was to just be like yeah i'm good no worries i mean he was beat up he already said it he fought two weeks ago he was still banged up there's no reason the ufc should have let this happen they sh uh, but they had to find something in the main event they need to get islam makachev out there now you got to remember the ufc is well aware that all of their top fighters are Russian. So yep. that's why you'll sometimes see these huge, awesome, badass Russian prospects in Bellator is because the UFC knows if all of our champions are Russian, it's going to be hard to market this to an American crowd. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to hold back some of these Russians. And I think that's kind of what you saw there. It, it's, it was a, it was, there was nothing to gain for Islam Makachev by beating Bobby Green. He fought two weeks ago. We already know he's a striker only. We know that he's not a finisher. Eh, for me, it was kind of boring. It was an easy call, Islam Makachev or nothing. Yeah. Um, but either way, next fight we got here Jalen Turner, Jamie Malarkey. I only have one, 
one little sentence written here, someone's getting knocked out. Yeah, and it's probably going to be Jamie Malarkey. Now, I'll say this. Jamie Malarkey's tough. He's going to try to grind this out, make this dirty. We'll try to, I'll try to speed this up. Jalen Turner, much like Devontae Smith, who Jamie Malarkey has fought before and ended up winning that fight. Jalen Turner, long, athletic, precise striking. Knockout, I would say Jalen Turner. If it goes to the cards, it's going to be Jamie Malarkey. Malarkey's idea is here to sort of wear him down and make this a greasy fight. And that makes him a live dog because Jalen Turner has never gone to th full three rounds while Jamie Malarkey has shown the cardio and the toughness. And he has a great chin. So if, if Jalen Turner doesn't get this done early, so for DFS, love Jalen Turner. You get that early knockout. Yeah. But if you're looking for a live dog here, Jamie Malarkey plus 135, you can do a whole lot worse on this card. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I actually went one step further. I got Jamie Malarkey by KO because I think that he's going to run out of gas by the third round. He could. He, he could. If, if this, this is a good live betting spot. If you get to the third round and Jalen Turner has won the first round and it was a close second round, but Jamie Malarkey was on top of Jalen Turner for a lot of that second round, live bet Jamie Malarkey in that third round because Jalen Turner will have nothing left in the tank. And Jamie Malarkey certainly will. He is a tough guy. He's not going to gas out, and he's going to keep coming forward if he if he can. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, it's actually a really good one. Jamie Malarkey to win in round three, by the way, plus a thousand. I love that. I, I'm telling you, if you're betting Jamie Malarkey plus one thirty five, why not sprinkle a few bucks? Why not throw ten bucks to win a hundred bucks on him to win in the third round? Because that's where he's going to win. He's not going to knock Jalen Turner out early. But if he wears him down, he's gonna he can finish him in the third round. Absolutely. This is why I love these shows because I didn't have that down beforehand. But now, like we're sitting here talking, I'm like, oh yep. wait a second now. Yep. Now you really start like diving into different bets, and you're like, oh round three. This is when you start adding things to your bet slip, and like this is usually the make or break point for me. Yep. So it's all your fault. If I go broke, I'm coming to live with you guys. Yep, that's good. That's good. I could use a babysitter anyway. So. Oh, I'm actually a great babysitter. Kids love me. I, I can't um, wait. You know who kids don't love? Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. <laughs> I mean, or you, or you know, women in general. Just, I mean, pretty much so, everybody so, hates Greg. So Hardy. I've, heard, I've heard kids and women don't love being thrown on a stack of guns and beaten. You know, it's just one of those things that you just tend not to like. I don't even think I would like that. I'm a grown man. I wouldn't like that either. Uh, maybe I'm not that great of a babysitter then. So. Uh, okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I listen, I can't stand this fucking dude. And this is one of these where I can't put my emotions aside. Um, plus, you got a guy from the Ukraine, like actually from the Ukraine. So like you're just automatically pulling for him. You got the scumbag Greg Hardy. I love this fight. I think there's very little chance that Sergey does not win this fight. I actually got fancy, but I want to hear what you got to say first. Well, I'd be very careful. So let's talk about Greg Hardy. So Greg Hardy is an athletic guy. He's a hard puncher, and he's going to come out strong early. He struggles with cardio. We've seen him gas out. When yep. he loses, he struggles. But Sergey Spivak's chin is so, and I mean outrageously questionable. So Greg Hardy's a live dog here. I don't like to say, I think Greg Hardy's a fucking piece of shit too. I mean, one of the biggest, right up there with Adrian Peterson and Art Bryles and Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, these real sports pieces of fucking shit. Greg Hardy is one of them, but he's an absolute live dog here. Greg Hardy by knockouts, a great price. Sergey Spivak's chin is glass. He is glass, Joe. You hit Sergey Spivak, 
He is going to react. Greg Hardy hits hard. We have seen him really dominate early in fights and then gas out later. I don't know if Spivak, Spivak has the durability or the resilience to outstand that. For me, this is a complete dogger pass. I will never, ever bet Sergey Spivak close to minus 200. He's just not good enough. He needs to get him down. He could do that later in the fight. But for me, I think Greg Hardy finishes this early. I got him in a lot of DFS lineups. So you're going to take Hardy to get yeah. the knockout here, plus 250? Yeah. Uh, look, Spivak's only path to victory is to survive that first round and then take him down in the later rounds. I'm just worried about his chin. I don't know that his chin can hold up because he's been hit by much lesser men and gone down much harder. I'm really, really worried about that chin. And Greg Hardy knows his path to victory. Too athletic. I think he hits him hard early. Spivak cowers. If this fight goes to the second round, then I'll live bet myself some Sergey Spivak. And you're going to get a good number on it because Greg Hardy will probably dominate round one. If this goes to round two, you're going to get a much, much better number on Spivak than minus 190. I actually have this fight ending in round two. Um, I like the price that I got. I got it at plus 320. Um I locked this in. It's going to be one of those fights. I think Spivak is going to be super like emotional and ready to go in this one because you know he's fighting for the Ukraine. You have Greg Hardy that hasn't really been great his last couple of fights. He actually got destroyed his last couple of fights as yep. he deserves. Yes, um, I, but I if you watch those one. fights, if you watch those fights, Leo, the first round Greg Hardy was really really good. It was when the fight got later on he was able to land some big blows. But we're talking about guys like Tai Tuabasa. Uh, God damn it. I can't remember the other guy's name. It's escaping, but guys with real chins, Sergey Spivak yeah, does not have that kind of chin. So that's my concern. If it gets to the second round, I don't disagree with you. If this goes to the second round, you're going to get probably plus money on Sergey Spivak because he's going to lose round one. That's when you bet Sergey Spivak. I would not do it before the fight. I would do it after round one. If he survives, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, but like I said, I like it in round two. I think he gets him to the ground. He's going to finish it. Greg Hardy doesn't have the freaking tank, man. So no, literally what you're betting on right now is Spivak to get out of the first round. And I right. understand it's a bit of an ask, but you're also getting a bit of a price here on a favorite getting out of the first round against an oaf, a douchebag, that can't get out. And like I also right. think that the emotions of the moment are going to cause him to kind of dip and duck and just – kind of get his way into the fight. Like, I think he's going to calm himself into the fight. So and then you could, you could, this, this is one of those fights you could really hedge and make a profit either way. If you're betting it, don't take Hardy. Just, don't, don't take either one of these guys on the money line. Take Hardy in the first round. And then after the first round, after Hardy wins it, if Spivak survives, you take Spivak live betting after that. You can make money either way. Hedge yourself both ways. If this fight goes past round one, I like Spivak. If it's done around one, it's obviously Greg Hardy. Ooh. Ooh, I like Kyle's getting creative today. That's how you do what I'm it. talking about, buddy. How you do it? That's good stuff. Now you mentioned that you have a really good live betting spot here for Kevin Holland and Cowboy Oliviera. Mm -hmm. what, what you got, buddy? Well, first of all, if this fight goes to round, so Cowboy has shown signs, and look, he's lost three in a row. He's getting older. Pretty limited game. And actually, Kevin Holland has shown his cardio is pretty limited as well. But he's been working on the wrestling. He's been working with Johnny Hendricks out in Texas. Johnny Hendricks is probably the best wrestling coach in the country, certainly in the state of Texas. You could argue uh, James Krause, who's going to be working with Tim Elliott, who we earlier mentioned, yep. uh, is also a great wrestling coach. But Kevin Holland knows that his weakness is the wrestling. The problem with Cowboy Al Oliveira, he'll have good first rounds, 
but he is absolutely fucking dead in the second round. So this is another one where, yes, do I have Kevin Holland on the money line in my parlay? Kevin Holland's going to win this fight. Yep. He's going to pick him apart at range. He has good jiu-jitsu from the he's, – he is a black belt, uh, uh, jiu-jitsu black belt. He's got the better overall game, and he has slightly, slightly better tank than Cowboy. Cowboy, absolutely – he's got three minutes of cardio or five minutes of cardio, and that is it. He will absolutely fade in the second round. So this is another one. If you're a little nervous about Kevin Holland minus 320, I get it. got to remember Kevin Holland is coming down in weight. Kevin Holland has fought as far as 205. He's fought all the way at 205. He's coming all the way down to 170. A lot of his fights are at 185. He's going to be bigger, faster, younger, stronger. It's Kevin Holland or nothing. But it wouldn't hurt if you're afraid to pull the trigger on Kevin Holland minus 320, which I don't blame you because he's so limited on the ground, even though he's been working on that quite a bit. Wait for Cowboy to have a good first round, get a reduced number in that second round, then live bet Kevin Holland because Cowboy Oliveira will absolutely die in the second round. He is notorious for doing it. He'll continue to do it. This is an older fighter on the decline. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect analysis. Honestly, I think Kevin Holland might kind of sort of just play possum here. Not necessarily play possum like take hits and stuff but kind of ease his way into it. Let Cowboy burn himself out because everybody knows Cowboy can't get through multiple rounds. Cowboy is going to blow his load in the first round. And if you think that Cowboy is going to win this fight, you got to take him to win in round one. Take That's him the only way. Plus, yep. plus 915. It's not like you're getting a bad price. Um, But I'm with you here. I think it's going to be Kevin Holland in the second round. I love the price I'm getting at plus 515. And I'm going to mm-hmm. sprinkle just a little bit on plus 815 on the third round as well. Yes, I would do that. Because the, the, there's lots of sports where that works, by the way. Uh, if you take the NFL, for example, uh, let's say a team's, uh, you know, you got the Niners and the Rams, and it's a four and a half point spread or whatever. And you can get the Rams at plus money winning by one to three, four to six, seven to nine, or eight to a 10. You can sprinkle all of those and still make a profit no matter what the outcome is. I think this is one of those similar situations. I don't mind it sprinkling some on round two and round three, especially if it gets out of that first round, which yeah. it should. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, even if you want to take all three rounds, take Cowboy in round one, Holland in two and three. If yep. you're right there in you any of them, you are getting you use exactly one unit, you're guaranteed at least three units in profit, which is uh, yep. pretty solid. It's not bad yep. at all. This is a fight that I really had circled. I love Bryce Mike. What? Not a oh, fan? Boy. Oh, this is this is a tough one. I think this is tough. Really? I think this is tough. I think this is a dog or pass situation here. So let's we, we can talk about Bryce Mitchell. So Bryce Mitchell, he's a junkyard dog. He's an Arkansas boy working on the farm. We know he's strong, but he has absolutely zero stand-up game. I mean, this dude is garbage on the feet. I don't think I need to tell anyone about how good Edson Barboza has been over his career. One of the best kickers in UFC history. Absolutely dominant on the feet. If if Bryce is unable to get Edson down, it's going to be a long night. And if you look at Bryce Mitchell's competition, all very low-level guys. These are not high-level guys. Edson Barboza is the best fighter Bryce Mitchell has fought. Yes, I know he's undefeated. Yes, I know he's a tough kid from the Midwest. But Edson Barbosa, if he stays on the feet and is unable to get, if Bryce Mitchell's unable to get him down, Bryce Mitchell's going to get the skin kicked off his face. Edson Barbosa is absolutely a live dog at plus 130. 
I would keep an eye. This is another spot where live betting in MMA makes a ton of sense. I would keep an eye on that first round. If Bryce Mitchell cannot get Edson down, it's going to be a long, long night for young Bryce Mitchell. I like him. He's tough. He's tenacious. He's strong. He's going to go for it. But if he doesn't get this to the ground, he's going to get the living shit kicked out of him. Agree with a majority of what you said. I love Bryce Mitchell here. By decision at plus 235. That's the only way to bet this. I don't think he's going to submit him because you have Barbosa, who's a really, really good stand-up dude. He has not been submitted since 2015. But Barbosa's also lost four of his last six fights. Barbosa has been around for a very long time. This kind of feels like a passing the torch kind of match where you get it a lot in UFC, where you get one guy that's up and coming and he's fighting the veteran. And everybody kind of knows how this is supposed to go. Like the UFC wants Bryce Mitchell to win this, um, which, you know. But can, never- we talk, can we talk about Edson Barbosa's losses? Giga Chikadze, up, I mean, a stud on the rise. Shane Burgos. An absolute beast. Uh, Mockware Americani, absolute. Dan Ige, Paul Felder, Dan Hooker, Kevin Lee, Khabib, Nurmagomedov, Benil Dariush. These are real legitimate fighters. Now, if you go to Bryce Mitchell and look at his wins, Andre Feely, garbage. Charles Rosa, garbage. I don't even know the first name of Sales, Moffat. <laughs> Uh, so this guy has fought nobody. Edson Barboza has been in there with the best fighters in the world, has competed. Yes, he's lost some, but sometimes uh, a, ba- a good loss is better than a bad win. I'd be very, very careful here. I'm telling you right now, I have Bryce Mitchell as not a part of any of my parlays. Edson Barboza is a live dog. If Mitchell cannot get him to the ground, he's going to get the living shit kicked out of him on the feet because Bryce Mitchell's one-dimensional. Well, here's one-dimensional. I do not like betting one-dimensional fighters. It scares the shit. That's why I don't bet Conor McGregor. I won't bet him. Oh, that's ridiculous. One- Conor is a blind bet no matter what. I heard a rumor today that Conor McGregor was buying Chelsea Football Club too. Beho's head almost exploded. Conor McGregor weird. is just buying getting his ass kicked again by another well-rounded fighter. Conor McGregor's a fucking pussy. Let me just put it out there right now. He's a one-dimensional fighter, and if he doesn't knock you out, he, he likes to have little boners at the weigh-in, which also tells me he's a giant fucking douchebag. But he has no ground game, no durability, no wrestling. If he doesn't knock you out, he's dead. That's why. Uh, let, let me let me give you a guy like Curtis Blades. If he can't wrestle you down, he can't strike. He gets knocked out. Uh, that's what we're looking at in Bryce Mitchell. He needs to get you down, or he's getting knocked the fuck out. But let me ask you a question: What if he does get him down? If he gets him down, he wins the fight. Mm-hmm. Or he and wins he the round. Down, again, I don't, round. Think, I don't think Barbosa is going down. I don't think it's going to be inside the distance. I don't think Bryce Mitchell is there yet. But again, and it's one of those things. This is kind of sort of like boxing. You cannot convince me that these judges don't have a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And if things are real fucking tight, that they're not going to give it to the guy that the UFC wants. Again, the UFC wants Bryce Mitchell. They, they don't okay. educate these guys. These, these judges are complete fucking morons. They should be ashamed of themselves. Dana White should be ashamed of himself. It's an app. UFC judging is worse than boxing judging. It's an absolute embarrassment. And until they get aggressive, yo, it's true. These guys are, these guys are fucking morons. These guys have absolutely no clue what it takes to win or lose a fight. They're never invited to any of these camps. It's a joke. The judging in the UFC is a joke. And you even hear the announcers talk about it. I don't know what else to say. It's basically WWE when it goes to judges scorecards. Let me give you a little bit of a like pro advice though. This has nothing to do with the fight. 
This is more of a McGregor thing. No matter how you feel about McGregor, and I'm not telling you that you're wrong about McGregor. I just love the way he runs his mouth. I got a thing for people that can run their fucking mouth. Probably why I get along with you. But That's right. do not do not besmirch the name of Conor McGregor in front of Blackjack. It will not be as bad as your Elvis ordeal. I don't care. I will educate Blackjack on this as well. Conor McGregor is a fucking douchebag, a one-dimensional fighter. He's not very good. He's not even top 20 all-time in the last 15 years. He's a fucking joke. He got walked down by Floyd Mayweather, who's never walked down anybody. He's a giant pussy who gets boners during weigh-in. Conor McGregor can suck my dick. I would not be afraid to fight Conor McGregor in the bar. I'm telling you that right now. 145-pound mouthy pussy is what he is. Your attitude sucks. I mean, we were Sorry. going so well for the first 40 minutes of this. Sorry. I Conor McGregor bugs the shit out of me. I don't know why he thinks he's a tough guy. He's a fucking joke. He's an absolute joke. What do you he's mean not he's any joke? good. He's a joke. Dude, he's, a he's joke. fucking entertaining. This is, a dude, this is a dude who sat down after getting his leg broken and got his ass whooped for the second time by Dustin Poirier and had the nerve to sit there and call out a, and try to embarrass a woman on the stage and say she's in my DMs. Conor McGregor's a coward, a douchebag, and a joke. I would love to bitch slap Conor McGregor's little punk ass. I can totally see you pulling that, though. I can totally see you being like, hey, this is in my DMs. I would never do that. I'm not that kind of douchebag. I'm a douchebag, but not that kind of douchebag. Not that different kind of. All right. Different kind of douchebag. Yeah. Fair enough. As long as we're honest, that's all that matters. That's it. This is a fight I looked at. I didn't have a whole lot. I wasn't overly excited breaking this one down. I believe this one's considered the co main event, right? Yep, five rounds. It's going five rounds. So this is supposed to be the main event last week. It was supposed to be RDA versus Rafael Faziv. Uh, that fight's gotten canceled twice. Rafael Faziv, by the way, is one of the best strikers in the world. He's a striking coach. Absolutely fantastic. Renato Moicano is coming in on short notice. They're going to do a catch weight a little bit heavier, which I'll explain to you favors Rafael Dos Anjos. I wouldn't touch this fight with a 10-foot fucking pole. I do think there are more things favoring Rafael Dos Anjos when you look at this. Renato Mocano is a, a 145er coming all the way up and fighting at 160. Dos Anjos has gone up to 170, fought the best in the world, came back to 155. Yes, he's older. Yes, it's been a 15-month layoff since the fight with Paul Felder. But more skills, more experience. He's definitely got, he's gone five rounds several times in his career. Renato Mocano gasses in the third round and every fight I watch him get to the third round. So... I do think Moicano's a live dog. I do think Dos Anjos is on the tail end of his career. Uh, the five rounds certainly favors Dos Anjos. The catch weight certainly favors Dos Anjos. It's a slight lean for me to Dos Anjos, but I didn't like it enough to put it as part of any of my parlays, and I did bet it. I'm kind of the same way. I went back and forth and like, eh, I don't know which way to do it. I think this one's going to go to the distance, though. You can find it at plus 120. I don't know if Moicano is going to be able to finish him early. And I think Dos Anjos may just get a couple rounds in the bag and just kind of cruise off to the win. This is a big showcase for him. First fight in a long, long time. He just wants to win this fight. Yeah, he really doesn't, if it goes to decision, it's Dos Anjos. Like Moicano gasses in three-round fights. He, he's never made it five rounds. Now he's coming in on short notice at a catch weight. He's going to be heavier than he's used to being. Yeah, Dos Anjos is going to be lighter than he's fought several of his fights at 170. Even though... You know, we st- you know it's sort of that Damian Maya sort of some of these older guys that keep fighting, and you're like, all right, it's time for it to be the end. I'm not sure RDA's there just yet. He was impressive in his last fight against Paul Felder, who also filled in on short notice and was coming out of the you know broadcast booth. 
Is is Moicano a live dog? Yes, I would say if he gets it done, it's inside the distance. If it goes decision, Dos Anjos probably won the last three rounds, and Moicano has been dead laying on the ground getting dominated on top control by RDA. This is one of those where, like, the smart person in me wants to tell everybody, skip this fight. Yes, But in reality, it. it's going to be around midnight on the East Coast. Everybody's going to have a few drinks in them. You're going to be pumped up for the next fight. And you're going to want to bet this one. If there's any way to bet this one, I think I'm going to go RDA by decision because you yep. can get it at plus 230. Good enough price where if you hit it, you're feeling real good going into the main event. And, like, you don't have to put a whole lot to try and make something on this. It's yeah. a decent enough price. And if you lost it, you lost. So that means the fight got ended inside the distance, so you saw an exciting finish. But I tend to agree with you. I think RDA does get it done by decision. I'm not putting any money on this. I wouldn't touch this with my ex-wife's money. But uh, – too many when I when I look at the boxes, too many checks for RDA, not enough for Renato Mokano. There we go. And now we're on to the real main event. Because I can't I fucking wait. I can't I mean, wait. It's gonna it's gonna be a bloodbath. We disagree on this one. We disagree. <sighs> and mean, you're on Colby, and I'm just nope. Okay, first of all, let me let me tell you Colby Covington's a fucking moronic douchebag. He's from the state of Oregon. He's a complete fucking retard. I cannot stand Colby Covington. I loved watching him get his jaw broken by Kamara Usman. I think he's a total fucking mental midget. But the fact of the matter is, he's the second best welterweight in the world. Uh, if it wasn't for Kamara Usman, he would be a longtime champ. He can beat you in striking. He can beat you on the ground. Jorge Masvidal, the only I mean, we're talking about a journeyman with a journeyman's record. Does not have a lot of skills. He has an impressive knockout over a fat fucking pile of garbage in Ben Askren. Okay. Got every time he's had another big fight. He's, I mean, Nate Diaz coming off of a four-year layoff. You know, you, you, you fucking beat him in the baddest man on the planet. Jorge Masvidal does not have skills. He is not a well-rounded UFC fighter at all whatsoever. Does he have a puncher's chance? Sure. Is he going to be mad and run his mouth? Sure. But if you look at actual skill, there are 17 paths to victory for Colby Covington and one for Jorge Masvidal, and that's a that's a bomb that lands that Colby didn't see coming. We've already seen from Colby. He can withstand a punch. Both fights with Kamara Usman, he took an absolute beating and was able to withstand it. Jorge Masvidal isn't even close to touching the left nutsack of Kamara Usman. Jorge Masvidal is a journeyman at best. It's a mistake by the UFC to be paying him this much money. Jorge Masvidal gets his fucking ass kicked, unfortunately, because I hate Colby Covington. But Colby Covington kicks the shit out of Jorge Masvidal in this fight. You're not wrong in anything you just said. I feel like every bit of smart money is on Colby Covington. I'm a sucker for the guy that can run his mouth. And, like, I like Masvidal as a striker. I think he's a quality striker. Okay. He has the ability. He's got the and like the thing with Mesvidal is he his price automatically got inflated the second he had that uh knockout against Askren. Like right. That's what I'm that's saying. the problem with it. You're paying a bit of a premium, but, you're paying a bit of a tax for that knockout. But this is one of those. You ever play video games? Of course, when I can. You have a best friend that you played video games, and like for me, it was always playing FIFA with one of my cousins. You mm -hmm. sit down. You play FIFA. If you play enough games against each other, it doesn't matter who the better player is because you know all of their freaking moves. You know exactly where they're going, exactly like when they're passing it, when they're trying to shoot it. And what I'm getting at is that these dudes were legitimate best friends at one point. 
They were on the same team. They all train together. They both know what they are capable of. And I know that they've never actually like really fought and like they've sparred and like done training stuff together, but they know what each other's capable of. And now this is as personal as it gets. I, I literally got done watching the press conference before we came out here. These two want to murder each other. And my entire theory here with Mesvidal is this is kind of my philosophy when betting sports. You have a 50-50 fight, you take the freaking underdog. And you know what? This is a 50-50 fight. If this was like, let me put it to you this way. If you take all of Mesvidal's attributes and you give it to a different fighter and it's a different person without this personal stuff and this entire backstory, 100% with you on Covington. But because these two know each other to this point, it is a 50-50 fight. I'm rolling with the underdog, and it just so happens that I love the underdog, and I love how this guy can run his fucking mouth, and I can't stand Colby Covington. So it just all works out beautifully. I'm betting Mesvidal, and I hope he knocks him the fuck out. And I really do hope he puts his nuts right on his fucking face. Um, I don't disagree. I, I, I would love for George Mesvidal to win this fight by knockout. I can't fucking stand Colby Covington either. But I got to call I gotta call a spade a spade here. George Mesvidal has no ground game, no wrestling. No takedown defense. Even when you look at those old the old footage when they talk about it, George is like, Colby's like, well, I got you down. And George is like, well, I stopped your first three takedowns. And Colby's like, yeah, but when I got you down, you couldn't get up. And that's what's going to happen. Colby's game is so well right. No, is Colby going to come out there and knock him out in one punch? No. Colby doesn't have that kind of power. George does. George can do that. He's just, he's not good. George Masvidal has 15 pro losses. We're talking about a He's washed a up 37 year old mouth who had a couple who had that big knockout of Askren and made some money. But he's not a well-rounded fighter. He doesn't work on his wrestling. This is a guy that doesn't take training seriously. George Masvidal is a fucking joke. I wish he wasn't because I can't stand Colby Covington. But when you look at paths to victory here. There's all sorts of them for Colby Covington, and there's only one for George Masvidal, and that's a miracle shot that lands. Colby's not getting hit with a flying knee in five seconds. It's just not <laughs> happening. He's too good. Colby, if it wasn't for Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington is the 170-pound champion, and he has been for a long time. Like I said, Colby Covington would be my pick against a majority of people in this division, except for Usman probably. I think it's So, so what I will say – to your point about Masvidal, what I would do, so Colby, I mean, minus 320. No one's just betting that solo unless you're a fucking degenerate and you're stupid. So Colby's going to be part of your parlays, right? So if you've got a five, six pick parlay and they've all hit and you're just relying on Colby to cover it, I would absolutely hedge with Jorge to, to work on your loss. Because if Jorge does land that miracle shot, if the motions somehow get to Colby, then you know, maybe, but I'm telling you, it, it's a miracle shot by Jorge. Colby can win on the feet. He can win on the ground. He can win in the clinch. He can win wrestling. Colby has a well-rounded game where George Masvidal just simply doesn't have it. I mean, that's perfectly fair. Like I said, this is one of those, I really hope I'm up by the end of the night. And like, this is one I can just not sweat out. Right. And this isn't one that I like really, really need to break even on the night. Um, Understood. Yeah, that's just kind of how I'm feeling about it. I really want to see him knock him up. I know, me too. I am, I do too, but it's not going to happen. Thing, though, that would drive me nuts if I was Mesvidal is my name is Jorge. Do not fucking call me George. Like, that's, George is just so blah. 
Jorge's got like this thing, like it's got a little Latin spice to it. Yeah, it's got a little Latin spice to it. You know what I mean? And, like, Jorge fits Masvidal. Like George does not. How about George. this? Call me, call me Jorge if I win by knockout. Call me George if I get my ass kicked by an organ boy with a Trump hat on. Ooh, that's actually pretty good. There you go. It's not bad at all. All right, dude. We love we made it. it through love this it. whole thing. Yes, we did. I loved it. I had a great time, by the way. We should do this yeah, more this often. Great. Uh, for everybody watching, thank you guys for watching on here. Now, what you guys could have done is you guys could have actually listened to this on the BTV podcast. So get on over, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, subscribe to the Better Than Vegas podcast. And more importantly, Monday morning, you guys are going to be able to listen to the backdoor cover, which will have Kyle, Blackjack, Biho, and a very, very special American guest. Uh, on it it's going to be absolutely awesome we also have the better than vegas capper march madness contest make sure you guys get on better than vegas.com first prize is going to be twenty five hundred dollars in cash freaking money it is free to do guys any questions message the btv account we'll be happy to answer get on registered get fired up and uh that's pretty much it man got any other plugs you want to throw in that's it. I love it. Oh, be sure to hit up our friends at Tax Relief Advocates, 188-710-2434. They're helping me out right now as we speak. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Shout out to Tax Relief Advocates. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you for the next UFC pay-per-view.